Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Teams from Texas on their way to the Final Four. Will we get two teams from L.A. in the Final Four? We'll find out tonight. The Cougars represent Houston. I mean, the Texans, <laughs> not so good. The Astros, not so good. Rockets, Rockets all not bad. So good. <laughs> Go Cougars. Yeah, at least one team in Houston is getting it right after the Astros sort of bad karma. Yeah. That's what happens when you cheat. Bad Trickle karma happens. Effect, but yeah. maybe maybe they can make they can change it. Maybe they can launder the karma. We'll we'll see. Now Chris Chris Kenny joins us here. Alan Hahn with Jay Will, KJZ. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So Chris, we had Mike Tannenbaum on the first hour and we played uh, grade the trade. And I'm curious what you think about the grade he gave the Jets for a trade they didn't make. You know how they say sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make? Oh, yeah. Well, the Jets were not involved in the trade as the Niners moved up in the draft. The Jets stay at number two. And Mike Tannenbaum gave the Jets this grade and explained why. I give them an A-. minus. I think it's about chasing greatness. And if you're in the AFC East, you're chasing Josh Allen for years. You were chasing Tom Brady. Josh Allen is the standard. Zach Wilson, in my opinion, has a higher ceiling than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, to me, is a B. He is Kirk Cousins. He is a solid NFL player. Zach Wilson has a chance to be great. I really like the fact that they stayed there. They didn't take an opportunity to maybe get all these extra picks, move out of the second spot. So when you're chasing greatness, you want to get the best player you can. I think they deserve an A-minus because of it. A-minus, Chris, you agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree with them from the simple standpoint of the Jets brass having some conviction about who's going to be their quarterback moving forward. After the evaluation process, they looked at it and they said, you know what, Sam Donald is not the best option in terms of getting our program where we want to go, and we want to go with a quarterback that we feel has more upside than Sam currently does. After three seasons, Sam's career trajectory ain't ported toward being a great quarterback, being mm-hmm. an elite quarterback. But at least you could, pro- you could make the claim that Zach Wilson, at some point, based on the physical tools that he has, gives you a chance to develop into a quarterback that would be in the top five to seven in the NFL, would be a quarterback that's capable of leading your team to the playoffs and potentially competing for championships. So if you're Joe Douglas and Rob Sala and you didn't draft Sam Donald and Mm. you don't have any skin in the game when it comes to his career and his future, it seems like with the second overall pick, you would lean toward the prospect, that quarterback, that gives you more upside. Because, again, when we're talking about the conversation with Sam Donald and Zach Wilson – it all comes down to potential. And right now it's clear that the Jets feel like Zach Wilson has more potential than Sam. You know where the safest place to be is during the storm? In the eye of it. That's exactly where Joe Douglas is. And you know what he's doing? He's just sitting there. He's watching all this chaos I like this. going on around him, right? Just watching it circle. He's watching all the talk about Zach Wilson. And look at the look at the arm talent, the pro day. Look at the potential. What are you guys going to do with Sam Darnold? You guys didn't engage in a trade with San Francisco. It's a lock. You're taking Zach Wilson. And Joe Douglas is just sitting there, CC, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and be patient because as we get closer and closer to the draft, teams are going to start getting very, very desperate. Carolina. Maybe Zach Wilson is my guy. Or maybe a team is willing to give up a haul for Zach Wilson. The more people keep talking about him, let them keep gloating about him. We might love him. We might take him. But depending upon what you're willing to offer, there's still a lot more room. There's still a lot more game left to be played. Even if there isn't, even if there isn't, Joe Douglas is going, he's in a great position right now. He's in a great, just sit and wait. You don't have to do anything. Just sit and wait. 
It's hard to imagine that you would get an offer from Carolina that would be richer than the offer that the 49ers gave the Dolphins to move up to three. Like, it's just, it's just hard for me to imagine that. And then Chris, isn't that how the Sam Darnold works, is still your you guy, You want to jump ahead of somebody to get the guy you want. I understand that, but you know there are rules when it comes to how many future draft picks you can trade in the NFL. Okay. There, there, are, there are certain rules to how they do like this. Like in the NBA, the step-in rule? There's, yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's certain in the NFL rules too? to how they do this. So, I guess I'm, I'm – I'm having a hard time seeing a package that the Carolina Panthers could put together that would be more attractive than what the 49ers could have potentially offered the New York Jets. Mike, because Mike the 49 offered a three-way trade. Well, here's the thing. I'm just saying the 49ers, if the Jets wanted more than what the Dolphins got, the 49ers did have position players that they can throw into that that would be really attractive to the Jets. I don't know that there are a lot of guys on the Carolina Panthers roster that Joe Douglas would be interested in. And then beyond that, it's a matter of whether or not you believe Sam Donald can take you where you want to go. Like, I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think you can let the compensation get in the way of the evaluation of the actual player. That's the key part. And that's, to me, the biggest thing in all of this. Like, if Joe Douglas and Rob Sala don't think that Sam Donald is a championship-level quarterback, then this is the time to pivot as an organization because you do have the second overall pick, and this is a quarterback-rich draft. I mean, Alan, we're having a conversation about – potentially four quarterbacks going with the first four picks. Right. We, we've never seen anything like that mm-hmm. in the NFL. I thought it was a big deal in 2018 when we saw five quarterbacks go in the first round and four in the top ten. At that point, we'd never seen that happen at the top of an NFL draft. So, I mean, this is a really good draft class, and if you're the Jets, this is a great opportunity to figure out the long-term solution at the quarterback position. I mean, it's been a really long time since you could say the Jets had a true franchise quarterback. A very, very, very long time. A conversation that we will continue, of course. But one we just had a few minutes ago that I wanted to bring callers into was something that, that Jay brought up and ran us through a bunch of names this involving the NBA. And Zion Williamson and how well he's been playing uh, over this long stretch of games where he just continues to put up numbers and efficient numbers and playing more a point guard position. And he talked about star level as we're waiting to see. Is Zion now going to be that guy that does take the torch from LeBron James? And we threw it out to the callers, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So I thought, Jay, let, let's, let's get a couple of reactions from around the country about that conversation. So we'll go first to John in Birmingham, Alabama. John. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up, John? Hey, so I, I think, honestly, man, we should hold off on trying to force the narrative on making Zion the face of the league. I love his game. He, his, his, ball handling, his ball handling is so underrated. And another thing, another thing, uh, I feel like Pittsburgh should try to go for Sam Darnold. Uh, I think we're wasting our time on, on Dwayne Haskins. What y'all take on that? Well, first I'll say, John, uh, who, uh, who's a bigger blockbuster personality in game in the NBA right now besides Zion? That's, that's a good question. Uh, other than LeBron, I mean, who, who, who's people running to the TV to see? Kevin Durant, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving. Uh, John Morant, you know, it's, it's so many other young talents. We just can't pick out one right now. Well, I, I hear you. That's subjective, brother. That I, That's your opinion, and, you know, I understand that. I, I'm just saying, though, I, I think as we talk about the league, it's interesting, right? Like, LeBron James is by far the, was the best player in the league. You know, maybe that's changing a little bit. If that's James Harden, if you want to put him in that category, that's Kevin Durant. If he's fully healthy, if you want to put him in that category. 
Why'd you make that face? Because huh? when we talk about take you know the, the torch, it's like we're not passing over players. It's the next generation guy. He's well, twenty. Zion's twenty yeah, years the old. Point. You could say, of course, that there's still a James Harden, but James Harden's over thirty. Like you got to understand what we're trying to say. This isn't about the who's the best player in the league right now. It's who's going to be the next one. That's what it's always been about in the NBA. It's always been who that next one is. When Kobe came in the league as a teenager, it was like there's something special about this kid. He and, he and Michael met in that all-star game yep. at the Garden. That was such a moment, and that was that passing of the torch moment. We had him all the time, and then LeBron comes in the league, the chosen one, and everybody talked about the hype, and can he live up to it, and he did. Yeah. And now it's, well, who's next? It doesn't mean there aren't other stars right now that are, could be the face of the league, but we're saying for the next 10, 15 years, who is the guy that's going to carry this league once LeBron moves on? And Zion just seems to be that guy. One more. Let's take JR in Atlanta on this. JR. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Good. Um, just to answer the first question, man, I think that as talented as Zion is, his, a lot of his game is built around his force and his um, athletic ability. I think when you look at somebody like Luka, who has a complete game, who can put the ball on the floor, who can make outside shots, make his, other, make his teammates better, I think that when you look at passing the torch, you got to look at somebody who could complete all a lot a lot of different phases of the game. Real quick, but Jado, I wanted to ask this: the template of the NBA. Do you think it's going to hurt that the kids coming up are seeing what Kevin Durant and what these guys are doing by joining forces versus having somebody like Damian Lillard? Do you think the template of the NBA changes if kids see the way that Dame's doing it is not as the most popular way to try to go about having an NBA career? Well, appreciate you calling in, Jr. I, I feel like it's going to be ebb and flow with that. I feel like we'll have some kids that are willing to play with others and they don't really care. I think there also will be a cut of kids who will be like Dame, who doesn't care who they play with. But the only interesting thing about the second part of that question is, as you get later in your career, as you don't win championships, mm. we know how the media is. And I don't care what anybody says. As a player, I only listen to the negative things the media said. Like, it's funny because we had Dick Vitello on yesterday. He's like, for all the times I sit here and and praise players, you know, players only come to me when they hear one critique. Well, that's how we're built. (laughs) That's how we're built. So if you're towards the latter part of your career and you haven't won a championship and you start hearing it more and more and more, that takes a lot of conviction to say, I don't need to chase it anybody. I'm going to finish my career the way I want. And, Jay, just to take it a step further, it's not just the media and the things that they're saying about you, but it's also the missed opportunities that you had as a player. Mm. Because I think about my own career and the plays that I remember the most are the plays I messed up on. The, the games that I remember the most are the games where I missed an opportunity. I mean, I've talked to Allen a million times about that 2007 divisional round matchup that we had yeah. against the New York Giants. We blasted them twice in the regular season, and then they came and beat us in our building on the way to winning a championship and upsetting the undefeated Patriots. Like, those are the games that I remember the most. So if you're a James Harden and you're thinking about all the opportunities you had, the two Western Conference Finals appearances where you got – Done up by the Golden State Warriors. Being up 3-1 exactly. in one of them. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're thinking about those, and you're like, you know what? I want to change that conversation around my career. I want to get out of Houston. I want to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Like, I understand players eventually getting to the point where they want to put themselves in situations to compete for championships because when you're at the level of the guys that we're talking about, that's all that really matters when you're talking about their legacy. Especially in this league, that's how you are judged. It's a fun conversation. It's one we'll definitely continue. KJ, uh, K- Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, getting ahead of myself, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn with Chris Candy in with J. Will. Protecting your small business is a big deal. Cover what you've worked so hard for. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com.
in the beginning of the year, every every team in the country wants to be in the NCAA tournament. Every team in the country wants to go to a Final Four, and uh, we're on the verge of that. The Cougars claw their way to the Final Four. This memory will last them a lifetime. And they'll always be known as a Final Four participant. Talk about how good this Baylor team is. They are national championship good. Baylor 81, Arkansas 72. The Baylor Bears on to the Final Four. That was courtesy of the NCAA Radio Network. So Dalen Cuff joins us right now, ESPN College basketball analyst. As we are heading in now, we got half of the Final Four set for the men's tournament. And Dalen, thanks for joining us. I have to be honest, like for some of us who kind of like parachute into the tournament this time of year and start watching the teams with no blue bloods, not a lot of blue bloods that were in this tournament, a couple of obvious um, missing teams. Sorry, uh, Jay, no Duke. There are teams that we get to we get to I'm know. Here just minding my business, Dalen. You know, like just minding my business. Taking shrapnel this morning. But there's teams that we start to get to know. And so, admittedly, the Houston Cougars. Houston is not a program that the casual fan like myself would know, but we get to know them. So tell me, why do they present such a difficult matchup to everybody they play? Jay, you got to tell them it's hit them with the Dallin, not the Dalen, though. You got to take a shot at Duke. Let's get let's 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 make sure we get that straight uh, first and foremost. Secondly, uh, from a Houston standpoint, they're they're a team that really gets in you defensively. They're gonna they're gonna make you they make them feel you, and and that's a team that really. And honestly, guys, the American Conference was not very good this year. They they they, they dominated that league, but that league was not really a difficult league. And their numbers are slightly inflated because of it. They haven't beaten a, number, a single-digit seed in the tournament yet. So congratulations to them. They are a very difficult matchup. They, they, they challenge you physically and mentally every possession. But when they go play Baylor, that is a massive step up in class. They have not played a real high-quality opponent since Texas Tech back in, I think, November. So this is going to be a step up in class. Those guys, their physicality they have will be met by Baylor. And it'll be an interesting game to see how they respond because we know Baylor can score. David Mitchell put on a show last night. Those guards are legit. So are Houston's from a defensive standpoint. Can they score enough? We'll find out. But Houston's had a great season. They've, they've capitalized on their opportunities here within the tournament. Rutgers was a game that they really should have lost. They found a way to win. And a lot of times when you survive in advance, you can have a special year. Dallin, we were having this conversation the other day, and I, I need your unfiltered, raw opinion on this. If Gonzaga <laughs> okay. goes undefeated and they win a national championship, a great team in college basketball, will be the first team since 1976 to go undefeated. But are you putting them as one of the greatest teams to ever play in college basketball if they do that? It's a good question, and obviously because they play in the WCC, it's different than Indiana doing it in 1976 in the Big Ten, no doubt about it. But I, I would say this. Jay, they, what they do offensively is historically good. So they're going to be up there as one of the best teams of all time. Because in my lifetime, I've never seen a team offensively like this and you could probably go back to UNLV, really, in, in, in the late 80s, uh, that, that team that obviously Duke ended up beating. But when they, when they were undefeated, those guys were doing things in the offensive end and defensively that we just hadn't seen. But Gonzaga, the way they flow into offense, how easy they make something look. It, I always compare it almost to like ballet. It's like ballet because they make something so complex and difficult look so simple and so easy. And they're so willing passers. They're such guys that can play well together in different styles. If you want to get and run with them, you can't run with them. If you want to get in a half-court game, they will still carve you up. They are outstanding, and they do stuff special offensively. So, yeah, they're going to go down in history as one of the best. There won't be an asterisk, but there will always be detractors saying, well, they did it in the WCC. Bear in mind, in the non-conference, they went and played everybody they could, and they didn't just beat them, Jay. They dominated them. Whether it was Kansas, Iowa, UVA, 
WVU gave them a game. It was the one time they were down, second time they were down in the season at halftime. Uh, so they've been dominant in their games. Now they have bigger challenges ahead. If they dominate those opponents, I think they make their case even stronger to be one of the best of all time. Mm. Yeah, Dallin, you didn't have to throw in UVA to make your case about how good Gonzaga is. I'm a Virginia alum. I didn't, <laughs> I, I, I'm I didn't, sorry, I didn't my really, man. I, knew I didn't I'm really sorry. appreciate that. But uh, looking at Gonzaga's <laughs> matchup tonight, what kind of problems can USC pose the Bulldogs? Well, I mentioned WVU that led them at halftime. Well, WVU at the time had Oscar Shibway, too, as a first-team uh, all-league player preseason in the Big 12. Big physical guy. And they're a physical team. They got at you. Uh, USC is not physical, but they are physically imposing with their length and their athleticism. They're going to make it hard for, for Gonzaga to score. And, guys, Gonzaga, Drew Timmy can score in the block, but he's also, you know, he can move around, has versatility throughout the game. He doesn't live down there. But they just kill you with point paint, paints in the point, because they've got guys that can get downhill, get in the lane, they have drop-offs. they got guys that can finish with all types of moves around the, around the hoop. But that might be taken away a little bit. USC's got that great length. And Evan Mobley, who many folks will know better as we go into draft, uh, the NBA draft season, he'll be a top three pick, his brother Isaiah. And all their guards are very long and very athletic. So just getting into the lane and being able to finish at the rim is going to be a bit more of a challenge. So they got to present that problem defensively, whether it's man or zone. And the Enfield's done a great job of mixing up defenses throughout the course of the tournament and imposing their will. They haven't just beat guys, Chris. They've been dominating teams as well on the defensive end, and then they're shooting at a really high clip, much better than they shot during the regular season. That's the thing. you got to beat Gonzaga. you got to score in the 80s. You, you, you can't play and beat them in the 70s. So can USC manufacture enough points? Can they score enough? Can they make enough shots? They have to this point, but let's not you know, sleep on Zag's defense either. They're top 10 in the nation in just defensive efficiency. They can get in you at times. They start to turn teams over. They play some passing lanes. they got great anticipation. They've got good length as well. So they make it difficult. USC is going to have to score the ball. We know you can stop you, but can they score? Can they get this thing in the 80s? If they can, then they have a shot. If they can't, you're not beating the Zags in the 70s. KJZ on the Goodyear Hotline, joined by Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> the greatest rapper of all time. That's how we do it, Dylon. That's how we do it. Dylon, let, let, let me first, A, apologize. B, this is like msg on no former problem. msg network employee crime here and I, I i greatly apologize i know that is your background as well so jay gave me this dirty look too it's in my head i mean i've got I like look, don't do it don't i've got, do it I've got hockey names in my head i've got all kinds of stuff it's like wait a minute is that is that i feel you man it's all good but, it's I, all but, good. but I greatly apologize but as we're talking about the zags and we're talking about the inevitable with them and, and running the table if that's possibly is is the inevitability of Getting the two beasts in this tournament, Baylor and Gonzaga, head to head. I mean, is that the ultimate finish? Mm-hmm. And I, D, before you even answer that, I was going to say this is what I need to see for college basketball. In a year where there's been yeah. so much going on, the NBA season happening, football ending, baseball start, all these things, hockey, there is a lot going on, right? I, I think a lot of this product team, people haven't been able to see the best of the best. This was a matchup we were supposed to have at the beginning right. of the year. And if we're going to say Gonzaga is uh-huh. one of the greatest teams to ever do it, to ever do it, Dallin, like historically, I have to see them go through the Baylor Bears in the national championship game. I have to see it. I have to see it. I, I, I want to see it. We're not supposed to root for these things, but like, let's be real. I want to see that game. I've wanted to see it. You're right. Since, since COVID took it from us in December, because I really do believe Baylor's probably the only team that can really beat them, can really have their guards get in them, make you feel you defensively, can go and then have their guards score on them the other way, can play up and down with them, can grind it in half court, can match them for basically everything they can do. And then we see, okay, how good is this Zags team? I think Baylor will test that. Michigan may test that as well. Mm. USC hopefully will test that tonight. I would like to see these tests become stiffer and stiffer. It looks like they probably will. 
But ultimately, yes, Jay, I want to see Baylor. When Vegas put this on the board, it probably was probably like early February. It was Gonzaga, Baylor, or the field. I was asked that question over and over again, and I couldn't believe I was saying it, and I couldn't believe I did it. I took Baylor or Gonzaga versus the field because I thought they were just that much better than everybody else. Baylor went on their COVID pause. That gave me pause. Michigan started playing better, as did Illinois, so it made me think maybe we won't ultimately see it. But here we are, and I think we, I think we need it. College basketball needs it because without the blue, blood, blue bloods, you do need something that for fans, casual fans to really latch on to. A potential undefeated season with Baylor, a team that has just dudes that get buckets and are fun to watch and have a couple losses, but guys that have got pros on their team. That's what we're missing with no Blue Bloods too, guys. Let's be real. Last night, the Oregon State-Houston game was a slog. You're you're not watching a lot of pros. Mm -hmm. You're watching ugly Mm -hmm. basketball. You're watching a defensive game. Then you watch the Baylor-Arkansas game. You started to see when you have higher seeds, you have better players. We got got pros. That game was different. Up and down. Guys can score. Guys are getting you buckets. Guys are playing at a high level. That was just a totally different game. So college basketball needs that too. We need that stage where you're having seeing the best play the best in a year where the brand names may not be as big, but we still got great hoopers out there that need to be showcased. And, and if you're if you're the Zags too, like you don't want that asterisk, right? You want to make sure. So I would want to play them as well. Yeah, yeah you know, we want them in yeah. front of us, no doubt well, about if it. If I'm in the Zags, I don't care. If they don't get there, they don't get there. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> it's still no, a championship still. for me. I, yeah, well, let's be honest about it. As a fan, want, I want to see. As a player, I'm like, the if they don't make it, well, I guess that's you know that's not my on problem. Them, not is that what you're saying? Yeah. Not my problem. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Dylan, appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate you, brother. Anytime, folks. <laughs> I'm in. I spit hot fire. Hot Jeez. fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played. played. Well played. Brought to you by Wendy's, proud sponsor of the 2021 John R. Wooden Men's and Women's Player of the Year. It is true, by the way, early in his career, MSG Networks, Varsity. He, that's one of his first jobs uh, out of Columbia, where he was a terrific player. By the way, he's a basketball analyst, but yet he can also host, and he's directing traffic. It's pretty impressive what Dallin's been able to accomplish thus far in his no, career. Really, so what really that does is make it more egregious that you didn't know how to pronounce it. Exactly. Name. Just rude. Right, right. Just, <laughs> just, just right. rude, Alan. <laughs> Dalen. It's a really Yeah, bad. I gave it this look. I was like, oh. Yeah, right. yeah, that's <laughs> right. As I said it, and I did that, that, that deer in the headlights, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Too late. It already he has that chip it. on his shoulder, too. The recovery. Like, oh, he's going to say something about it now. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I'm glad he did, but the recovery, you got to admit, was not so bad. Not so bad. All right, coming up, why one trade deadline move may have unveiled a major problem with one of the NBA's marquee franchises. That's after Jay has this from Cintas. Today, people expect a new level of clean. That's right. Cintas provides a wide range of essential products and services that help businesses keep their facilities and employees clean and safe. Cintas will keep you well-stocked with essential supplies like face masks, hand sanitizer, gloves, and thermometers. Cintas will hygienically clean and deliver your uniforms as well. Cintas also helps you protect employees and customers with first aid, safety supplies, and fire protection services. Cintas also helps you open your doors with confidence every day. Learn how CentOS can help keep you and your businesses clean and safe at CentOS.com. Get CentOS and get ready for the workday. Hey, it's Greeny. Tuesday will be down to half of the Final Four, and Baseball Legends Week continues with the great Ozzie Smith. Don't miss it with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. KJZ, Alan Hahn, Chris Canny in with Jay Will. ESPN Radio, and in the NBA, one story that we don't talk about enough, Jay, is what's going on with the Boston Celtics. And it's interesting that Danny Ainge thought that making a move to get Evan Fournier was sort of like this message to the team of that's going to give them belief, like we believe in you. and We're coming. Let's, let's fix this problem. What's going on here? Brad Stevens could have ran away from this problem and gone to IU with both loads of money and maybe just started over. But he wanted to stay as well. But then came this quote as we're trying to figure out what is wrong with the Celtics. Why are they in seventh? Why would they get blown out by the Pelicans? Why have that? They have just been this team like hovering 500 or below, which right now they're 23 and 24 now below 500. Once again, this late in the season, the addition of Evan Fournier. Okay, so right away, first impressions not great. Was he 0 for 10 in his debut with the Celtics? Not a great start for a guy that they brought in for his shooting and his offense. But when talking about the addition of Fournier, who's a nice player, a good wing player, a good guy, a guy that can bring you some offense. He was averaging 20 a game with Orlando. Kemba Walker said something that caught my attention, and I, and I sent it to you last night. You and I both went back and forth on it. And, Chris, this is sort of one of those things that any athlete, you can hear it and what he says and then what he's really saying. So I'm curious your take on this certainly as well. Kemba said of Evan Fournier that he will help us a lot. He adds, he has great passion for the game, which is which always is a boost, especially for us. What's he saying there? See, I, I feel like when somebody <laughs> says that, that's a shot at leadership. It, it feels to me like that's a, that's a shot at either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I, I don't know why uh, Jason Tatum is playing really well. I mean, he had COVID this year. Jalen Brown, a great two-way player. But, like, it's – are you saying it about your players? Are you saying it about your coach? But it's a shot at somebody on the team in a leadership position. 
There's no doubt about that in my yeah, mind. Yeah, having yeah, having passion for the game is good, especially – when you say especially for us, you're suggesting that we need something like that. Yeah, almost like we don't have that in our locker room yeah. right now, which would lead you to believe either the leaders on the team aren't passionate or the coach is not allowing them to have a lot of fun in terms of the brand of basketball that they're playing. Hmm. Either way, it's an issue. And so you're trying to figure out why can't they get this resolved because when you look at the landscape of the Eastern Conference, there's no way that you can tell me the Boston Celtics belong where they belong. Like, we looked at this coming into this season. We said this should be a top-five team in the East, no question, even with the question marks of Kimball Walker's health and whether or not he was going to be able to stay healthy. But the fact that you do have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and this team Two all-stars. Is, and this team is where they're at right now at this point in the season being below 500 – that's completely inexcusable. So to me, it's clearly a chemistry issue that's happening within that team. Now, I don't know who's at fault with that issue, but clearly it's something that they've got to get figured out. I don't know how they do it. Can I call a timeout, CC? Go ahead. Want to get a 20? Want to get a 20? We've been talking about chemistry issue in, issues in Boston for a while now, haven't we? Yeah, but we didn't like the messenger and Kyrie Irving the last couple of years. Well, I, I go back to this, though. It's interesting. I mean, I've seen actions to a degree, but I've seen the Brooklyn Nets kind of simmer down Kyrie Irving. Like, so it makes me think, like, and I'll go back to keep saying this. We end up blaming the players a ton, and I get that. The players deserve a lot of their responsibility. There's a lot of accountability there. And maybe Kimball Walker is actually talking to Kimball Walker because he's a leader on this team as well. But at the end of the day, the coach's job is to push the talent. The coach's job is to figure out who are the right pieces on our team with the general manager and Danny Ames to say, who gives us the best chemistry here? So if we've been talking about chemistry issues for a while now, if we're saying that they are underperforming, CC, the way you just alluded to, I've been saying this for a while too, why do we keep blaming the players? Why do we always talk about the players? Like, when is there going to start to be accountability for Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge? And I'm not saying they need to be fired. or but Like, when does that start to shift there? It needs to. I do think, though, when you consider the volatility of that locker room has been, and, and you mentioned it, Kyrie Irving is the perfect example. It really started there, and they thought, get him out of here and everything will be great again. Has it been? And then, of course, Marcus Smart is a guy that you know, hard on his sleeve kind of player, guy you love to have on your team, hate to play against. Mm-hmm. And – why does he always tend to be the guy that when you hear about these meetings that they have and they air out, you know, they, they air out all their problems and Brad Stevens even referenced it out. This was good for us. It was healthy for us to get all this stuff out. Was it because the story is always that Marcus smarts, the one that starts in with everybody as if he's maybe calling some people out for what they are, are doing or not doing. And then again, a quote like that, and, and it might've been completely innocent by Kemba, but it's hard not to see it. And as I said, 20 years I'm a reporter. I've covered this league and other leagues as well. When you see little things like that, your spidey senses start tingling. Mm -hmm. Like, wait a minute, what is he saying there? And I think, again, the curiosity is, and and I'm sure they'll discuss it more, uh, those who cover the team, is what is he trying to say? Is there a problem in that locker room that they're almost screaming to say it, but they refuse to say it publicly? It's got to be coming out. And that's just one instance of it. Why are the Celtics where they are? It's not a talent issue. There's certainly something else there that they've got to figure out, no doubt about it. All right, so it's a massive day for two quarterbacks that we saw in the national championship game. But will either deliver the throw of the pro day season? I know. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin on ESPN Radio.
I still think that Sam Spillinger's hope to stay in New York. I think that's what's best for Sam Darnold. Are you willing to listen to offers from teams on Sam? To answer that question, you know, I, I, um, I, I will answer the call. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Laterally, mm-hmm. you know, the lack of that mobility, would that concern you? taking him so high considering he has that? Well, Jay, well, I, I really, I'm not really concerned about his speed laterally and his movement within the pocket because there's many, many examples of him avoiding the pass rush, whether it be moving laterally or stepping up into the pocket enough to buy time and find the throwing window in order for him to hit routes down the field. And look, we've seen Tom Brady make a career out of it. We've seen Tom Brady, you know, win multiple Super Bowls doing that when he, he couldn't crack five flat in a 40-yard dash. So it, it's not something that really concerns me with him. Now, I understand when people talk about the wide zones, the stretch boots, where he really has to run laterally to kind of execute the play-action fake and then maybe get out on the perimeter, that Mac is not going to look like Justin and Trey doing that. Of course, he's not. But at the same time, we're making it seem like this guy like is running a six-flat 40 and he can't move at all, and we need a sundial in order to time him. <laughs> he's a better athlete than that. So, and, and, but, and I think, you know, ultimately what the smartest quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators will tell you is this. For as fun as it is to watch guys like Patrick Mahomes and even Zach Wilson in this draft move around and make all these wicked kind of throws from these different arm angles, the game still comes down to can you or can you not win from the pocket on third down because that's real, ultimately that's where you're going to be judged. At some point in time, you're going to have to beat people with your mind and with your arm in the pocket on third down. And no one questions whether or not Mac Jones can do that. And that's why I think we need to kind of like lay off of all the criticisms as far as his athleticism and really speak to the things and speak about the things that really quarterbacks are judged by, decision-making and accuracy. At the end of the day, it's always going to come back to that. Lewis Riddick joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. KJZ, Alan Hahn, Chris Kenny with Jay Will, ESPN Radio. Well, I mean – you're you're right that we can judge them on decision they make in the pocket, but why can't we judge them on the pro the throw of the pro day season, Lewis? Right? Like, I mean, when you well, when you make a throw like <laughs> Zach Wilson did in his pro day and it goes viral, we get really excited about that until you take to Twitter and remind us that hey, Sam did this in a game one time. Sam Darnold, I mean. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know what? And I know that there was a there was a few people in the, in the Jets army who kind of got back at me on that one. It was like, oh, it wasn't as Sam's throw wasn't as far. Oh, the Jets were getting killed at that point. Oh, he did it against San Francisco backups. It's like, look, man. I mean, let, let's be serious here. Yeah, I know it wasn't as far as what Zach Wilson did, but it was in an NFL game where he was still being chased down by NFL caliber defenders. And the fact that they were behind in the game so far, it wasn't Sam's fault, although, you know, the Jets nation would, love, would let you believe that Sam was responsible for every point that a team scored against the Jets and their lack of points on offense. He was responsible <laughs> for it all. He just, he's just terrible. Everything that he did really, really is what drugged them down. It was nothing else the Jets organization did. It was all Sam Darnold's fault. Everything. But, look, I understand the excitement surrounding Zach Wilson. He is a unique thrower of the football. And he throws the football in ways that a lot of us could only dream of doing. I get it. But at the same time, look, when he gets out on the football field, if he starts getting his head knocked around and he's under duress all the time and they don't have the benefit of a strong running game in order to take some pressure off of him, if they don't play good defense and if they don't protect him, Zach Wilson is going to go by the wayside that many other quarterbacks did who also looked great in pro days. It will happen, I guarantee you. So Joe Douglas and the crew up there better make sure they protect him and build this program the right way. Otherwise, that throw day—I mean, that throw on pro day—it's going to be right next to all the garbage that you know Demarcus Russell put out there on his pro day, which nobody cares about at this point. Nobody cares what you did on your pro day. So get excited, but really, what it's going to come down to is: can you win on third down? Can you win football games? Can your organization protect you? And I hope, for Zach Wilson's sake, that that's what they do in New York. Lewis, are you convinced that the Jets should go in that direction, that they should draft Zach Wilson and essentially give up on Sam Donald? Yeah, Chris, you know why? Because that's what everybody wants. And right now, at this point, look, Sam Donald, really for his sake, needs to get the heck out of there. He needs to go somewhere else where people aren't automatically, you know, three years removed from him being the talk of the town, where people aren't automatically saying, well, you know what, he's no good anymore. He needs, he needs it for his own sake. The Jets need it. Well, I don't know if they necessarily need it, but it's probably good for the organization to start over anew here with Robert Sala's regime and just kind of like start from, from ground zero and build it up. I mean, they have time. They have, they have the benefit of being able to do that, being a new regime. And I think it's probably just best for all parties because at this point in time, maybe that ship has already sailed. But I'll tell you this, Sam Darnold didn't ruin his own career or rather didn't ruin his time in New York by himself. Okay, there's a lot of people who have had their hands in that debacle. But at this point in time, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find people who really are willing to admit that because no one really wants to admit the fact that football is a team sport. We love to individualize it, especially a quarterback, and give them too much credit, too much blame, and that's what's happening to Sam right now, and it's unfair, quite honestly. It is. But he probably does need a fresh start. I just hope, look, for, this, for Zach Wilson, you don't want to see him be subject to the same kind of things that Sam Darnold was or any other young quarterback who had no shot from the get-go because everybody around him was failing him. I just hope that doesn't happen to him. And I, and I, would, I would think that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala know that. Lewis, if I could give you a standing ovation right now as a Jets fan, I absolutely would because that is well – it was well said, perfectly said, right on point. And the fact that you also, when you mentioned Jet fans coming at you on Twitter, you read their comments in New York accent, I give you an A-plus on that one certainly <laughs> as well. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you as always. Right, so, what would March Madness be without some you controversy? Bet. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, ESPN Radio.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.